God is good. Online campus, we love you. I, I pray that this translated there as well. But the presence in this place is tangible. We thank God for what he's doing. Online campus, we love you. And we know that God is working and doing something new in your life today as well. I heard from some of the folks that sent messages this morning. You were watching online because you weren't feeling well. And right now, in the name of Jesus, we declare supernatural healing upon each and every one of you that was under the weather today, dealing with headaches and cold-like symptoms and different situations. And Father, we declare it in the name of Jesus, Jehovah Rapha, our healer. And right now, even broadcasting through these waves through YouTube and Facebook or wherever else it's being streamed. Father, we declare in the name of Jesus your healing manifestation upon each and every one of our online campus members, and we thank you for your working in them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Y'all, bear with me. I need to drink water, and we'll get into the word this morning. Oh, praise God. I, 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 got, I can't forget. I got to congratulate two people, or two groups of people this morning. First of all, congratulations to Sergio and Isabella with uh, the baby that's on the way. They told me a couple of weeks ago, but you know, it, it went online official this week. So I asked them when they got here, I was like, so you put it online, that means I can tell people now, right? And, uh, and they're like, yes, yes. So congratulations. And also to my brother, uh, Anthony, and his lovely bride, Amy, who celebrated their wedding yesterday. So congratulations to you guys. Um, and, uh, you know, as I, as I say it publicly, Tony, you are, you are like a brother. Not just that you're my brother in Christ, but you are like my brother, and I love you, man. And I'm so happy for all that God is going to do in you guys. And uh, this is just the beginning, man. And I love you guys with all my heart. So praise God. I love to, con it, it's so good, right? You know, I led and Joel, yes, jo I led had the baby this week. Uh, Jael Rubio has been born. And uh, we, we've been praying, and, and she was born healthy um, and uh, natural birth, no issues, and it was smooth, and we thank God for that. She's a beautiful little baby girl. We're praying that the Jets curse is broken and she'll be a Dolphin fan. I'm just <laughs> kidding with that part, but, uh, but we love my, our brother Joel. He was actually here this morning, man. Joel is so sold out for Christ, and, and he was here to teach Sunday school to our kids in our first service this morning. Then we went back home to be with his wife and children. I know they're watching right now. So, Joel, we love you guys. I led, we love you. Uh, Jeremiah and beautiful baby Jael and Ailaini, we love you guys. So congratulations on that. Um, and God is good. You know, I, I, you know why, one of the things I really love, why I love celebrating these things, because there's a lot of rough moments too. You know that. And so it's important for us to celebrate the wins and the victories. As small and insignificant as they might be, although these were huge, all of them, but celebrate the good moments. Celebrate the things that God is doing. Because that's what gets you through the rough moments and the tough ones. And as long as we are alive, there's going to be some tough moments. So we get through them knowing that God is with us, that he never leaves us or forsakes us, and he will never leave us or forsake us. And he will be with you. In the same way he was with you yesterday, he will be with you today. And he will be with you tomorrow. Amen. Amen? Because he is good. Come on, give God one more hand of praise this morning. <laughs> Today we're going to go into part three of the secret life. And we've been talking up to this point about 
prayer and the importance of praying in the secret place is what Jesus said. When, when you pray, go into your room, go into your secret place, close the door, shut the door, and your father who sees in secret, he will hear you, right? But you know, we're not living in a time where a lot of people like to keep things secret. And I'm going to say it this way. We don't, we're not living in a social media generation. We're living in a social media age because it's not about a specific generation of people. I mean, the kids to los viejos are all on social media. There's a restaurant that, that uh, as a good Cuban in the city of Miami, I like. Its name is Rio Cristal. Come on, that, that steak covered and smothered in a mountain of french fries. Thank you, Jesus. No, I do it without onions. You like it with onions? That's all right. I, I like it without the onions. I, I, I say no onions. And I'm not sure right now because, uh, you know, during the COVID time, they, they almost closed and they got bought out and all these different things. So I'm not sure, you know, what it looks like at this present moment. But I can tell you that pre-COVID, it almost felt like to work there, you needed to be in your mid to late 70s just to qualify. Now, if you ever eaten there, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, there was not a person under, I mean, not even the plates. I don't even know if the napkins, if they washed them and reused them. I mean, I don't know. Nothing there. I, I used to go there as a little, little kid, and you would go there now as an adult. I mean, it was exactly the same. And I remember one specific occasion, because I, I, we don't go that often. My wife's not a huge fan of, of it. I, I, I'm the, you know, the, the, the one. She, 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 she just goes because she loves me. And we're sitting there and we needed something. And I'm trying to get the waitress's attention. She's sitting off in the corner on her phone, on the Facebook app. Because I walked by, right? Like, because if I couldn't get her attention, I finally walk over there and I was like, Senora, con permiso, you know? Like, you know? I'm sorry to interrupt your Facebook surfing, right? <laughs> and she's like, un momentico, un momentico, right? I don't, you know, and it's like, it doesn't matter the age. And we put everything out there. I was in Marco Island with my wife some time ago, and I got up early to go out into the sand to go for a time of prayer and worship. And it was early in the morning. It was low tide. And there was hundreds, I mean hundreds, of starfish that had gotten stuck on the shore, on the sand. And the sun was coming up, so it was beating down on it. And I remember I was talking to some of the locals that were there, because I'm a tourist, but I was talking to some of the locals, and they were like, we've never seen so many starfish. This is a rare, such a rare occurrence. This is crazy. We don't know what's going on. And, and people were grabbing the starfish by the dozens to put them in the water. Everybody was working to put them in the water. And there was this one specific guy that was running. Now, you can tell this guy ran every day, right? He's got the AirPods on. He had the look of the runner. You know what I'm talking about, right? And all of a sudden, this guy runs, and as he's running, he comes to a complete stop. He pulls out his cell phone, and he starts a live video. And he, he gets himself walking over with his live video. I'm here in Marco Island, right? I couldn't hear exactly what he was saying, but he's there with his AirPods talking to this thing, and he comes down, and he goes, and he, and, and he gets his a starfish, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to save it, you know? And he goes, and he puts it in the ocean. He's like, we got to do our part, whatever. And he turns off his live video, put it to the back in his pocket, just keeps on running. Dude, the, the, the guy did not care about the starfish. He cared about his likes. Right? You know, if you Google search or go on Instagram and do a search and you just type in the hashtag, I saved, 
it starts to give you dozens upon dozens upon dozens of different hashtags of I saved. I saved the starfish. I saved the turtle. I saved the fish. I saved her. I saved him. I saved you. Now you saved me. It's crazy because we're living in a time where we want to be exalted. Look what I have done. Look at me. Look at me. It's all about likes. It's all about things. Can you imagine Jesus walking down Jerusalem with his disciples and seeing the guy with the withered hand and saying, Peter, Peter, here, here, get my phone. Got to record this. We got to make a reel about the withered hand becoming fresh again. Can you just fathom that? Because I can't. I can't imagine Jesus being all about it. And it makes me to ask this question. Why do we do what we do? I mean, as a matter of fact, can you type that in the comment box and can you say it with me, church? Why do we do what we do? Come on, one, two, three. Why do we do what we do? Why do we do what we do? It makes me think about that. Why do we do what we do? On multiple occasions, Jesus healed people, and you know what he told them? Don't tell anybody. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you three instances. You can jot it down so you can read it later. The first one is in Mark chapter 1. In Mark chapter 1, this leper comes to him. Not a leopard, a leper, okay? And the leper comes to him and asks for healing. And Jesus says to him, you'll be made well. You're healed. Go present yourself to the priest in the synagogue. Right? That's what the law required. But then he says, but don't tell anybody what I've done. You flip a few pages over and you go to the book of Mark, chapter number five, and we hear a famous story. Everybody has heard it, whether you're a believer or not. You've heard about the story of Jairus and the woman with the issue of blood, right? Jairus comes up to Jesus. He's like, my daughter's at the point of death. Come. And Jesus says, all right, I'll go. And Jesus begins to walk and there's a multitude. There is an entourage of people. The disciples and everybody else is pressing against Jesus, right? It's like getting out of Disney World at midnight. I laughed because I was talking to somebody who was just at Disney and they said, you know, everybody's got to wear the mask and all the different things, but at the exit time, I guess there's no COVID because they were jamming, packing us inside that monorail. (laughs) And the woman comes and touches Jesus and receives her healing. And then as they keep walking, a servant of Jairus comes and says, don't bother him anymore. Your daughter's dead. And Jesus says, to Jairus, hey, don't doubt, just believe. She's okay. And it's interesting because Jesus didn't take all his disciples with him. He only took Peter, James, and John, the inner circle. Because Jesus had the 70 disciples, he had the 12 disciples, but he had the three. There's a whole teaching there. And he went with only his tight three. And when they got there, everybody's screaming and crying, and they say, She's dead. And you know what Jesus answered? She's not dead. She's sleeping. Everybody get out. She's sleeping. And he goes into the room and he looks at this little girl. The Bible says she was 12 years old and says to her, Talita Kumi, which the translation means arise, get up. And the little girl gets up. The Bible says she was 12 and she begins to walk and he's like, get her some food. Then he looks at Jairus and says, shh, 
don't tell anybody what happened here. You flip over the page from Matthew, I'm sorry, from Mark chapter 5, and you get to Mark chapter 7, and there's a deaf man who Jesus heals and then says to him, shh, don't tell anybody. And so it makes me ask the question, why would Jesus tell people, heal them, do something and say, shh, don't tell anybody? Well, in Mark 1, it gives one of the possibilities of it, which is the fact that too many people then would want to follow Jesus just for the signs and wonders, and he wouldn't be able to do his main focus, which was to preach the gospel, to tell people that the kingdom of heaven was at hand, right? It was coming. That was his role. So he's like, don't tell anybody, because if you tell people the glory comes to me, and this is supposed to glorify my father. Well, why didn't he always say it? Well, you know, he couldn't tell a woman with the issue of blood, shh, don't tell anybody, because there was a thousand people around him. Just to say number. It was a crowd pressing against him. People saw it. In all the miracles that you see the people were around, he didn't say it. But when he did them in private, he said, shh, don't tell anybody. Why? Because we get to the question, why do we do what we do? As humans, we do things for attention. Do you remember when you were a little kid? Or if you have little children, right? Samantha came home from her, fir her first like real ballet class this week. She's like, watch, Dad, this is what we did. She didn't jump that high. But you get the point. She's like, look what I can do, Dad. Alexandra, she was also in a different version of the class. And she's like going up and down. Look what I can do. As kids were like, look what I can do. Look at me now. Look at me now. If nobody's paying attention, they're like, look at me. Look what you saw my pirouette. Pirouette. Whatever. <laughs> Look at me. We're living in a social media age. Look at me. Look what I'm doing. Look how good I am. But look what the Bible says. Go to Matthew chapter 6. We've been in Matthew 6 for this whole series. Verse number 1 says, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not, left your le do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. Three questions. Why do we do these things? One thing that comes to my mind is, whose attention are we seeking? Whose attention are we seeking? I mean, have you ever seen somebody do something and you ask yourself the question, but who are they trying to get? Like, who are they trying to attract? What issues do they have that they're acting this way? Whose attention are you seeking? A second question that comes to my mind in this time is, what reward are we looking for, right? Because we're humans. We think of it, well, if I do this, come on, we do it with our Christmas cards. We send out a Christmas card, and that person didn't reciprocate it, so then we don't send them one next year. Y'all know it's true. I can't believe they didn't send me one. Next year, they're off my list. We're doing a birthday party. Who do we want to invite? Well, we know that if we invite this person, right, like, 
RTI, return on investment, they give good gifts. <laughs> what are we trying to get? So those three questions come to my mind because it's a matter of the heart. Whose attention are we seeking? What reward are we looking for? What are we trying to gain? Well, the Bible tells us very clear that your works do not save you because what are you trying to gain? There's people who do good works and charitable deeds because they think that by my good works, I go to heaven. Have you had ever anybody tell you if you ask them, do you know where you're going to spend eternity? And they're like, oh, yeah, you know what? I'm, going to, I'm probably going to heaven because I'm a good guy. I've never really you know, cheated or stolen or I don't do bad things. I help old ladies. I help do this. I do good work. So I can imagine God's going to be with me. The Bible says clearly, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, for by grace are you saved through faith. Not, for it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Because, again, Instagram Twitter, Facebook, social media age. I help the ladies cross the street. I get to go to heaven. No, it don't work that way because as humans, we then boast. Look what I did. Me. I did it. I earned it. Papo, you can't earn it. And you definitely don't deserve it. I don't deserve it but his mercy and grace. So sometimes we do good works, we do things because we think that in doing it, we're gonna receive the reward of being good and then being able to go to heaven. No, your works don't save you. What can we get out of it, right? Luke chapter 16 tells the story of the unjust steward. There's a guy who was the steward, the manager, and, and he was doing a very bad job. And so he, he got notice, he got wind that he was gonna be fired. And literally, this is what Jesus says in the parable. He's like, I can't dig. I'm too proud to go do this other work and beg or do whatever. So how am I going to be? Do I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to call all of my boss's debtors. And I'm going to bargain with them. And I'm going to be like, hey, what do you owe my boss? A hundred barrels of oil? Here, write a note for 50. And the rest are forgiven. Oh, what do you owe? Oh, a hundred things of barley? Write it for 80. Oh, what do you owe? This. And, and he says it that I forgive them these debts so that when they fire me, I'm going to go by and say, hey, remember, I hooked you up. Take care of me. Jesus ends up saying he's an unjust steward. And he actually, this is where at the end of that, he says, you cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve God and mammon. But let's extrapolate it because it's not just about money. You can't do things wanting to please God while you're actually motivated to do them to be praised by man. Because you can't serve God and, man, and praise from man. You can't. Can I tell you something this morning? Rewards from God are better than rewards from men. Rewards from God are better than rewards from men. Reward from God is eternal. Do you know that when we get to heaven, there is a crown that we are going to receive? And depending on how you served God, here's the truth. It's in the Bible. Depending what you did for him and the condition of your heart while you were doing it, let me tell you something. You're going to have a different place in heaven. And different things on your crown. You ever had the story of the preacher and the taxi cab driver that died? Yeah, man. It says that the taxi cab driver and this preacher was in the back seat. They get into a wreck. They go before God. They die. They go to heaven. 
Peter looks at them and says, hey, you know, get on the heavenly golf cart. Let me take you to your mansions here in heaven. He looks at the pastor and says, do you mind if I take him first? He's like, no, that's fine. Go ahead. He's like, all right. So they go and they pull up to the spruciest area of heaven, giant mansions, awesome things. And they tell the taxi cab driver, this is your house. Eternity. The pastor's like, what? That's the taxi cab driver. Where is he taking me? So they keep going and the houses, the mansions, they're still mansions, but they started getting a little smaller. And they get to one and they say, here, pastor, this is your home. And he's like, but I don't get it. Like he was a taxi cab driver. I was a pastor. He says, yes, sir. But while you preached, people slept. And while he drove, people prayed. Anyway. <laughs> Some of you all get it in about a minute and that's okay. Let's get back to it. Why do we do what we do? Why are we doing what we do? The rewards in heaven are eternal. Rewards of man are temporal. Can I prove to you that in scripture? I mean, do you remember the story of Joseph in Genesis? How he was enslaved and put in prison and all these things. And then Pharaoh has a dream. He interprets the dream. He gives them the strategy to save 20% of everything so that in the years of famine, they would have plenty. During those seven years of famine, all of Egypt was fed. Everybody from across the land came to buy food from them. All of the houses were owned by Egypt. Everything was awesome. But then it says that about 400 years later, there were people in charge who had forgotten about Joseph and they started to enslave the people of Israel. Church, understand something. Online campus, take it to the bank. The reward of man is temporal. It may look like it's lasting for a season, but the reward of God is eternal. And therefore, we must strive to do the things in secret so that our heavenly father who sees in secret, he will reward us Amen. and not man. Again, works don't save you. Rewards from God are better than rewards from man. Write this down. Take it. Make it something in your life. Keep in secret what you do for others. Keep in secret what you do for others. I said a minute ago about celebrating the good things. And at the same time that we have all these good things, I'm going to be completely frank and dead honest with you. It's been a season of difficulty as well, and in the last four or five weeks, I think I've conducted or attended five, if not six, funerals. Not all COVID-related, different situations. Some old age, some other diseases, just, it's been hard. And I remember one specific funeral that I was at, and this gentleman lived a very long life. And people began to talk. And one of his sons stood up there and said, you know, I, I, I compete in fishing. And I was in the Keys. And there was a star-studded event of different athletes and famous people. And there was one of these very famous dolphins from the 1972 Dolphins. And he said the player's name. 
who was there. And I was like, man, I want to meet him, right? And so he says he makes his way to him, and he shook his hand, and, and, he sa- and, and, and the, the player looked at him and said, oh, what's your name? And he says, my name is such and such. And he says that he took a second, and, 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 and he said his, you know, his nicknames, like if his name was Daniel, he said, I'm Danny you know, Garcia, whatever, right? And so he, he says that, that the player took his hat off, took his glasses off, and said, are you Daniel so-and-so? I'm, I'm not using the person's name. Just get the point. He says, yeah, I'm so-and-so junior. He said, your dad did something for me when I was a nobody, and I have never, ever forgotten. And this famous player looked at this guy that nobody knew and said, it is an honor to meet you. This guy said the story of his dad, tears at the funeral. The man never boasted of everybody he helped. He just helped people. And that's our goal. We need to help people just because we're supposed to help people. Not because of what are we going to get out of it. We need to shift the worldly mindset of what is in it for me. Of what do I get out of it? And understand that when we are the hands and the feet of God and helping people and blessing people and taking care of people in secret, our heavenly father, he sees what's taking place in secret and he will bless you and reward you more than you can ever think of or imagine. And not just in heaven, here on earth as well. I want you to write this down this morning. Church, we do things to please God not to gain praise from others. One more time. We do things to please God, not to gain praise from others. It's interesting. After Spanish service, somebody went to my wife and said, can I talk to you for a second? And says something that pastor just talked about. It's exactly what happened to me this week. And, and so my wife is like, okay, so what happened? She's like, at my workplace, you understand, we, we, we're having such a hard time hiring people. And everybody that goes to businesses said, amen. I went to Chili's this week, and I was, there was nobody in the restaurant. They told me there was a 15-minute wait. And I looked at him, and, I, and I, I didn't even say anything. I just looked around the restaurant, and I guess he read my face. He says, sir, there's, there's only one chef today. And it's actually the restaurant manager. So I'm trying to space out the tables. And I get, I get it. Nobody wants to work. So this lady at her workplace, there's been having a hard time getting people, and she's been praying. She says, every day I pray, God brings the people to be part of the staff. God bring the people. And so she actually had gone to her boss the other day and said, hey, we're praying. We're doing all these things. And how's it going? And the guy said, I appreciate her, whatnot, and a couple days later called her into the office, and they said, we're giving you X raise, a significant raise. That's not what she was praying for, people. That's not what she was looking for. She was earnestly praying and working hard and doing it for God, and then God rewarded her also here on earth. So I go back to our first question, why do we do what we do? We need to do things to please God and not man. When you work to please God, God will reward you, but man will also notice. You know, let me be, I'm going to be very blunt and very clear. If you work literally from 9 to 5, how do you honor God with your work? You get there at 845, 
and make your coffee at that time. You don't go in clocking at 9 and go to the break room to make your coffee and chismotear with todo el mundo, and at 10 o'clock you haven't even made it to your desk yet. That does not show honor. That does not show pleasing to God. But you know what happens when the boss is looking around and says, man, why is he always at his desk right at time? He, actually, he's there before. Hey, why do I need to buy pens for everybody except for that guy? Well, because I'm not a thief. I can buy my own pens at Costco or Office Depot. I don't need yours. I'm being blunt. Why? Because we don't understand sometimes that everything we do it's supposed to be pleasing God, and it's supposed to honor God, and what are we doing in that time? And so, are you trying to seek the praise of men, or are you trying to seek the praise of God? And when we do things to please God, and not to gain the praise from others, God notices, and he will exalt you as well. I saw a post recently of a young man. I don't know his name because the lady didn't know his name. And the lady put this post trying to, and she clarified and she said, I don't know this young man's name. I don't know where he lives. I just need to tell you what happened. It was raining. I got a flat tire and I was on the side of the road all by myself in the rain. And he pulled up in his motorcycle and asked, do you need help? Got off of his bike and proceeded to change my tire in the rain. I offered to give him something. I offered to do this, and he said, no, ma'am, I just wanted to help you out. Got back on his motorcycle and drove away. And this is the post that the lady put. I don't know his name. I don't know where he's from, but mom and dad, you did something right, and I want to thank you. See, some of us would have been like, I'm changing a tire for a random stranger on the side of the road. I'll let you know how it goes. And your post likes and shares and retweets, that's your reward. But when you do it in secret, your heavenly father who sees in secret, I'm going to read it to you right from the Bible. This isn't made up by Pastor David. It says that your charitable deed may be seen in secret and your father who sees in secret will himself. Ah, oh, man, when you work for somebody, and there's the boss of the boss of the boss, and that's the guy that calls you to say, well done. Oh, when we're doing the things for the glory and the honor of God and not the praise of men, and one day we get to heaven, and God himself looks at us and says, well done, good and faithful servant. In the little you were faithful, I'm going to put you big over many, many things. Why? Because in the heart of hearts, in the condition of your heart, you weren't doing things to receive praise from man. You were just interested in pleasing me. Our secret life. And what we do in secret, God sees and will reward openly. Church, write this down and make this a phrase to live by. Do in secret, be rewarded by God. Do in secret, be rewarded by God. What we do in secret, God sees. And it's what Jesus gave as the example there. Do you know that right before the beginning of chapter 6, and if you didn't know this, the Bible was not written in chapters and verses. That happened a couple of years ago, a couple hundred years ago, to make it easier for us to be able to read it. But the Bible was written, like, 
corrido, right? Like just straight through. So as a matter of fact, if you read in chapter number five, you realize that Jesus talks everything about the heart. As a matter of fact, in chapter number five, after the Beatitudes, he looks and he says this. He says, you've heard that you should, it's been said you shall not murder, but I tell you that if you even just hate a person, you've committed murder in your heart. He says, you've heard that it's been said you shall not commit adultery, but can I tell you that if you even look at a woman lustfully, you've already committed adultery in your heart. What was Jesus saying? It's about your heart. It's a deeper level. It's about the heart. And then he gets into what we call chapter six and says, so let me tell you, when you do a good work for somebody, don't do it for people to praise you. Then he gets into prayer and he says, and when you pray, don't do it for people to say, wow, he's so eloquent. But go into the secret for your heavenly father who sees in secret. Do you remember first Samuel? The prophet Samuel is told by God, go anoint the next king. Saul had lost favor before God. And Samuel goes to the house of Jesse and tells him to bring out his sons. And the oldest one, the first one, Eliab, Samuel says, this has got to be the one because he was taller, he was bigger, he was stronger. If they had done the 40-yard dash, he was probably faster. And God tells him, this is not the one for man looks at the outward appearance, but I look at the heart. And you may fool man, or I may fool man, but what we are doing honestly for God in secret, God will see, exalt and promote. And eternal rewards are so, so much better than reward from man. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Every head bowed, every eye closed. The first point that I wanted you to make sure you got today was the fact that you cannot earn your way to heaven. And I know that the Lord urged me to make that a clear cut point today because perhaps you're at the sound of my voice and you thought or think that by how good you might be is how you get to heaven. But let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says... That for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. I told you it says it's a free gift what salvation is. And it says in Romans chapter 10 that if you confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, you shall be saved. And perhaps today is the day when you realize and understood I can't earn my way to heaven. And so you say, Pastor, I want to make sure I go to heaven if I die. How do I do it? Well, let me tell you, it's simple. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Confess, declare that belief. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody looking around. This is personal, you and God. If you're in this building today, if you're watching online and you say, I want a relationship with Jesus. I want to ask Jesus to come into my heart. I want to know that I am going to heaven. 
today you say, I want to surrender to Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I just want you to slip your hand up into the air. And I want you to pray this prayer with me in church. Pray it together. Say, God, I'm a sinner. I can't get to you. I can't work to get there. I don't deserve it. But I believe Jesus is your son. He came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, and rose from the grave to pay the price for my sin, for my unrighteousness. And today, I ask Jesus to come and live in my heart, write my name in the book of life. And from now on, God, I'm yours, and you are mine, in Jesus' name. Man, if you did that today, believing it in your heart for the first time, there's a party going on in heaven. And now, the next step. You say, what's next? Well, the next step is the outward expression, and that's baptism. See, we confess it and we receive salvation, but Jesus said that you need to go get baptized. And I'm not talking about a chorrito de agua when we were newborn. I had that too. I'm talking about full body immersion signifying the dead, the old is gone, and something new has come out. If you've never been water baptized, we will put it on the church center's week. We're going to pick a date. I'm not sure if it's even there. Register for baptism because it's going to be a life-changing experience for you because it's the outward expression of what God did inside. Father, we thank you for you are faithful, good, just, merciful, and gracious. And we thank you for what you are doing in each and every one of us and that you never leave us or forsake us in Jesus' name. Come on, just worship him another minute as Pastor Patty comes up to close us out.